Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkopote, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Christ the healer. And uh, we want to talk about it because if you remember, we've been talking about do's and don'ts. The fact is that when anybody approaches God, he must understand that God is interested in relationship. And any relationship that is to succeed must be based upon true knowledge. If you don't know me very well, you are not going to have a very successful relationship with me. Now, when anybody approaches God, they must know that God is gracious and merciful. That God forever exists in a state of entire consecration to pour out his blessing upon people. That God always loves to pour out his blessings upon people. We have, we have established that foundation. And uh, we went on to say that if somebody does not know that the Lord is good to all people, he may think that the Lord is good to some people more than others. Well, God is not better to the white man than he is to the black man. If you are finding that the black man is today disadvantaged in this world or he's been ill-treated, etc., etc., he has nothing to do with God. He has everything to do with people who are, let me put it this way, they are bigoted and racist in their thinking. You see, being white doesn't make you superior. Because when you are cut, when you bleed, it's red. And when somebody is uh, really sun-tanned like I am, I can't call myself black because if I look at black and I look at myself, it's difficult for me to call myself black. But if somebody is really sun-baked and sun-tanned like I am, you can't just look at me and just because the sun has had serious effect on my body and then call me inferior. The truth of the matter is people discriminate against other people because the general tendency of men is that what they don't know or what they don't understand, they tend to be suspicious about it and they tend to play down its importance and its value. Listen, if I'm giving the chance again to decide what kind of skin color I want to be, I still prefer this one. The original is always the best. The original is always the best. And I'm saying it to some of you folks that think, you know, small thing you want to divorce. When you divorce that original wife, you can marry a thousand others. It will never, never, never equal to the one you lost. Because I have learned something in life that what comes first is always something special and unique to God. I'm not saying that uh, when somebody is divorced, then they are going to miss heaven. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. We get to heaven or we get to hell based upon what we do with Jesus. So what we do with our marriages should not be the reason why we go to hell. However, 
I just want you to know that God's best for anybody is that they stick to their original. If you go beyond that and you're having troubles, now your own palaver now, don't blame God. I'm talking to somebody. This one came purely out of the Holy Ghost. So please, don't be hard on me in case you are, you are having some difficulties in that area and you are like, uh, Pastor somewhere is trying to know. I, I have nothing to do with it. Amen. I, I let me just tell you that God doesn't believe in divorce. If God believes in divorce, the easiest thing God would have done is kill Adam and Eve. Just two people. It's only two people who see. If you manufacture them, you will know how to manufacture again. Is that not so? So you will just have to kill them and then put other people in their place. But as you know, God didn't do that. Yet he knew that in order to save these two individuals, it's going to cost him his own life. Yet he didn't do that. So please, get this thing right. Get this thing right. Our world has been turned upside down by people who are trying to call what is bad good and what is good bad. People are almost crazy all over. The way people are doing things these days, sometimes you wonder. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that, my dear friends, today we are not picking this topic for picking sake. We are picking this topic because healing just as much as salvation from sin is part of the covenant of God for you and I. But here we are in a situation where more and more our dependence upon the doctor and upon the medical system is going to be challenged. And when you know God, you know that God did not save you for the doctor to kill you. Can I say that again? God didn't save you for the doctor to kill you. If you ever had a problem, you went to the doctor, he made a stake and you died. When you go to God, you have a question to answer. Because the original physician is God himself. You should have talked to God well before you went to that doctor. And God should have given you approval to go to Dr. A or Dr. B. Or God should have told you that this time is not the time to go for a doctor. July is the time to go, not June. How many of you understand what I'm trying to say? I am trying to say that, you see, uh, every day is not the same. And when the enemy wants to do some things, they look for an opportune time because not every time is opportune for evil to thrive. So when you are doing things, understand that the world we are, we are in, though it is round and everything goes round, yet in its roundness, not every space on it is equal. There are some times when the things of God become vulnerable. Why is it that when you look at Haman, Haman wanted to kill the Jews, but he was looking for an opportune time. He checked the first month, nothing worked. Second month, nothing worked. Third month, fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, seventh month, eighth month, ninth month, tenth month, eleventh month, twelfth month. On the thirteenth day of the month, then he said, ah, this is the opportune time to go after the Jews. So please understand that we are physical, but we are in a spiritual world. So because of that, not every day is the same. 
So when you are doing your things, be careful how you do it. If you, if you just believe so much in this system that when you, you, you don't even talk to God and you just get up and give yourself to the system, if they kill you, when you get to God, you have a case to answer. This is what I'm trying to let you know. And I want you to know that right there in the, in the hospital, there are people who will do God's bidding. But there are also people who will do the devil's bidding. Okay, good. So let's take a look at, uh, at our, our distance for today. Um, I will be taking some speed, so I hope you understand me. Because of, we don't want to keep too long as a trap because of the kids. Uh, there are promises I want you to take. Because promises are so important. Remember, when we were talking about, when we were talking about, uh, last week when we were talking about, uh, don't die before your time. How many of you remember that there were five things we gave you for consideration? The place of faith. Number one, we said that it is impossible to claim by faith any blessing at all. If you don't know for sure that this particular blessing you are claiming is the kind of blessing that God is offering to you. You can't buy anything until there's somebody who is willing to sell it. Number two, we also said that faith is expecting God to do what we already know it is his will to do. So if you don't know that anything is the will of God to do, then that is also the thing you can't have faith for. Then we went on number three to say that it is not hard when we have faith to get God to do what it is already his will to do. It is like drinking water. It happens effortlessly. Number four, we also said that once God's will is known, it isn't difficult for anybody to believe that God will do what we are already sure that he will do. Hallelujah. Amen. If somebody is so happy to bless you, and really the person enjoys blessing, let me put it this way. If the person is a showman, how many of you understand what a showman is? A showman, a showman just likes to make sure because he has it. A real showman is somebody who makes sure with what he has. He doesn't sit on it. And trust me, God is a real showman. You know, a showman is negative in the world we are in. Because most of the time, the showmen we know, they are trying to do what they can do. You see, he just wants this beautiful lady to marry. So you say, look, I'll give you a, what do you call it? A handbox look castle. It belongs to my father. Meanwhile, it is not his own to give. But if somebody can tell you, I'll give you handbox look castle and it is own to give, and he can give you without suffering anything from the bank, that's a real show. This is what God is. So we also said, God always keeps his promises wherever his word produces faith. In other words, God keeps his promises. But he never keeps his promises in any place where his word doesn't produce faith. So if you want God to keep his promises, then you better exercise faith in those promises. That's the only way you are going to get God to keep his promises. Are you okay with me? So some people say, well, if God has said, then he will do. And they don't want to do anything about it. Mm-mm. That's great list. It doesn't work that way. 
If God ever told you anything, your first instance is to believe that God actually wants to do that thing for you. And having believed that God wants to do that thing for you, you know that faith without works is what? So it's not just enough to believe. How many of you know that just believing that Jesus died for you is not enough to save you? If you believe that Jesus died for you according to the scriptures, you've got to confess it with your mouth. Then the salvation becomes yours. So you see, believing alone is not enough. Even the devils, they believe. Is that not so? And they tremble. But they don't take action in line with their belief. So when you are believing, do something. Okay, so I want to just uh, read a couple of scriptures here uh, that, that is supposed to generate and help you to have something to stand upon. And please, I'm not reading many scriptures because in many scriptures, uh, your faith will be built. No. You see, your faith can be built upon just one verse of scripture. And it is enough. Because you see, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. How many of you know that uh, words, when you put them together, they form sentences? So if God is saying that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, hello, when you have a sentence, it's more than enough. Are you okay with me? Uh-huh. So, but in the abundance of witnesses, you confirm every word. That's why I'm giving you a couple of scriptures. Luke chapter 11, the verse number 9 and 10, it reads, And I say to you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 10, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Acts chapter 16, the verse number 25 and 26. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. So here you notice that some people were singing praises to God. And the praises were coming while they were in prison. It was not coming after they have removed them from prison. If somebody is going to put you in prison and they beat you where where? Before they put you in prison. What is the likelihood that you are going to come out of prison free? Because by the time they have beaten you like this, by the time they take you to court, don't you think they are going to kill you? Yet these people were not afraid of what is going to happen to them. You know what they were doing? They were singing praises. Praying, singing praises to God. In the midst of their wounds, in the midst of the prison. You know, 
Anytime you are willing to sing praises in the midst of your difficult situation, it confuses and frustrates the devil more than anything. Because if you are, you are being beaten, you must cry. And the, and the women, they know what I'm talking about. If your child has done anything, you are beating them, and they won't cry. They'll become stiff like a ball like that. Eh? You beat, 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 and then here you are. <laughs> you are panting, and they are not crying. Eventually, you ask yourself, what have I done at all? What did I achieve? See, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. No, no, not you. <laughs> but somebody wanted to beat, is it, is it Tao or something? Is it Bamboo? Is Bamboo? Somebody wanted to beat Bamboo. And this boy has become a big boy now. Mama, sometimes when they are big, reason with them. She's so angry. He beat, 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 beat. And the boy has made his skin like steel. He never feels nothing. Even if he feels anything, he's not indicating anything. At the end of the day, Mama was so frustrated, she almost wanted to cry. So for me, the point I want to make here is simply this. When the devil wants you to cry and you are not crying, you give him trouble. And please, I'm not calling any woman devil. When the children misbehave, you have to discipline them. And when we are disciplining you kids, listen, we are disciplining you for your own good. Because listen, I can decide not to mind you when you are doing bad. I can decide to keep quiet and just watch you. And if I will keep quiet and allow you to do bad, don't you think that that is very bad for you? Because if you are doing what is wrong, and, and for me, I don't mind, don't you think that I know you will be destroyed and I'm happy you will be destroyed one day? What I don't check in the house, one day the police will check because that is when you will be behind bars. So please, I'm not saying this so that you misunderstand the women. Who, women do a hard job, hard job, trying to bring up children. And sometimes we, the men, we don't give them the support that we're supposed to give. Because when you come home and they say, that boy or that girl has misbehaved, even if you are tired, you just want to be left alone. Call the boy and talk to him. Call the boy and talk to him. And let him know that it is not acceptable that you will come to my house and come and kill my wife. Because when you are old and you live and you go, it is me and this woman who will stay. You can't kill her and then leave me a widow. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm just trying to balance the equation, so please don't get me wrong. But in this case, they were singing praises to God. And guess what? God joined in their praises. You know that when God came singing, he was singing bass. And you know, the bass, when it is really bass, it will shake some things. God sang once, and the walls were coming down. Every chains were going. Let me continue. Jonah chapter 2, the verse number 7 to 9, it reads, 
When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee into thine holy temple. Verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. This is Jonah for you. Remember, Jonah made his statement to praise God while he was in the womb or the stomach or the belly of the fish. By the time a fish has swallowed you up and you are right there in their belly, there is no hope for you. However, right there in the place where there is no hope, this guy decided to praise God. Does that speak to somebody? Please, what you know of God, that is what will cause you to act in the midst of your adversity. This is why it is important for you to know God the right way. Because no matter how your situation is, if you will call to God in your extremity, he will hear you and he will do something for you. Exodus chapter 20, sorry, chapter 15, verse 26. And this for me is my major scripture here. Verse 26, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that he left you. For I am the Lord, or for I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your doctor. I am the Lord, your healer. Actually, that is what Rapha means, physician. The one who takes care of you so that you recover from sickness. The verse number 3 to 5 of Isaiah 53, it reads, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely, he has borne our griefs. You know, the word griefs, is the word sicknesses. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the word sorrows is pains. That's the Greek word. Sorry, that's the Hebrew word that is there. So when you see griefs, you can put sicknesses there. When you see sorrows, you can put pains there. You know, sickness and pain, they go together. Am I right about that? Uh-huh. So anytime you are having pains, don't entertain them. Don't just allow them to be there. Anytime you are having a sickness, don't just entertain it. Don't just allow it to be there. Why? Because the scripture said what? He has borne your sicknesses. To bear is to, uh, to, to, to bear something is to carry it on your shoulder and carry it away. 
Now, if something has been, if your bag, which you used to bring to church today, if I bought it and carried it away, where will it be? It will be wherever I want to put it. If I don't want you to have access to that bag again, I will put it in such a way that you can't find it. Now, the sicknesses that the Lord bore away, he didn't want you to find it. So he took it so far that you shouldn't be able to find it. The pains that he carried away, he carried them away so far because it is not his intention that you should locate it. Are you listening to me? So anytime you are having sickness, you are having pains in your body, if you will remember this scripture, it should influence how you act. If God bore it away so you shouldn't bear it, then why are you trying to bear it? If Jesus carried away those pains so that you don't have to be in that pain and that agony, why would you want to tolerate the pain and the agony in the first place? Am I talking to somebody? If you tolerate the pain, if you accept the sickness, if something is not rising up in you to oppose that thing and to fight against that thing, you are simply saying, I don't have faith in Isaiah chapter 53, the verse number 4. I don't have faith in it. Am I talking to somebody? Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. We describe we are here. First Peter chapter 2, the verse number 24. I'm not just preaching. I'm just making the verses which concern God's promises clear to you. So that if next week, God forbid, but if next week you are hearing something on the radio, you don't get scared. And you begin to behave like somebody who is not in covenant with God. Don't be a stranger to the covenant of God. As long as you are a stranger to the covenant of God, you will not eat his benefits. Matthew chapter 8, the verse, sorry, First uh, Peter 2, 24. It reads, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed now what does it mean by his stripes you were healed by his wounds listen the stripes were not just normal wounds they were metal hooks that cut into his flesh and they cut into the flesh to draw blood do you know that any time you get into covenant with anybody, you cut the covenant? The goal is to cut so that blood will come out. And so this cutting or these stripes which were cutting, they were a confirmation of God's covenant with you. And God will never break covenant. This is why you can expect to be healed. This is why you can believe God to heal you in case COVID should knock on your door. I'm not dying from COVID. And nobody in this church must die from COVID. For that matter, 
Nobody, anybody who wants to die, you are only allowed to die in a good old age. You are only allowed to die when you are full of years and you have come to the natural course of your assignment. You have finished it. And you are not supposed to die with sickness. God forbid that you will die with sickness. Die like a man who is going on a journey. Who will tell his people that today I am living. I hear that uh, Archbishop Benson Idahosa that is how he died. When he was talking to the people, he thought the man was joking. <laughs> he said he's going. And they thought he's, go- he's, jo- he's going home and they thought he's joking. He went like that. Kenneth Hagin also, he also took breakfast. He told the people he's going home. They thought he was joking. But he just went like that. As for Smith Wiggisworth, I hear even for him he was in church. He was in church doing somebody's funeral. He's already said that he's going to go. And so he was in church and whilst the funeral was going on, they have to stand up. When they stood up, in the course of the service, he just you know, leaned backwards like that and fell into the arms of the guy who was behind him. That was the end. He just left like that. Let it be so with you. Because sickness is not supposed to be part of your covenant with God. Matthew chapter 8, the verse number 16 to 17. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah in this case is Isaiah. So it's the same Isaiah that we read about. Say, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. This is a reference to Isaiah chapter 53, the verse number 4. Are you seeing the, 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 the what do you call it? Uh, are you seeing the, the, the connection there? Well, so Jesus healed everybody so that Isaiah 53, the verse number 4, will be fulfilled. Now, if he healed everybody then, don't you think he will heal everybody now? Yes. If he healed them at the time before he went to the cross, then after he died and rose up again, that now his body can go through walls. When even you lock doors. When now he can actually, he doesn't need a rocket to go to heaven. He can just say, I'm going there. He just move like that. Now that he has more power and more glory, do you think he will do less? So you see, these are the scriptures I want you to look at when you are in the situation we find ourselves in today. I will be praying. And then uh, I'll, I'll quickly, you know, be closing this thing. But I want you to consider something. Consider that the fact that the system we are in right now is not a system that you can actually look to the doctors and to the medical system for help. If you were in an accident and uh, you needed an emergency, that's okay to go to the doctors. But 
when you are talking about you getting a vaccine to prevent you getting something, let me tell you, think well. Because my simple science that I know, my basic science that I know, is that when you give me a vaccine, you are giving me a weakened form of the disease. And therefore, requesting my own body to produce a firewall, a defense, so that when I go out there and I meet another version of that sickness that is stronger and wicked, my firewall will stop that thing so that it doesn't come near me. Now, if that is the truth, then if the time comes for people to get a vaccine, and you take a vaccine and I don't take, my not taking a vaccine shouldn't endanger you. Because if I didn't take the vaccine and I am still a threat to you, it just tells you that your vaccine didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me who don't take the vaccine, you should rather be a threat to me. Because you can get the thing and you can shape yourself and you are free. And I can just come into a situation where I am really, really under the grip of that thing. You know, we are, we are getting to a world where they are turning everything on his head. That's the world we are getting in. We are getting to a world where, although we were told that the radiation from our mobile phones is not good. How many of you have seen some of those videos? That the radiation from our mobile phones is not good, yet we are getting to a place where they want to saturate the world we live in with those radiations. And even not just with those radiations, but those ones which are HVF, very high or high frequency. And when the thing is very high frequency, then it's going to make everybody sick. Am I talking to somebody? Now, if you are in a situation where everybody is getting sick, but you know how to work in covenant, everybody can be sick, but your body will not be sick. How do I know that? Well, there's a man of God called John G. Lake. When they were having this plague in 1902-1903 in South Africa, people were dying like flies. And anytime somebody dies, the liquid coming from their nose and from their mouth is so dangerous. You can't touch it. Because once it touches your skin, you are finished. You will die. But John G. Lake, God gave him a scripture. God said to him, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that revelation alone, because you see, the people who do know their God, they shall be strong, not weak. Strength comes from your knowledge of God. Once he knew that, he had the capacity then not to be afraid. They were giving a lot of money to people who buried the dead. Nobody wants to do it though. Because by mistake, something fly, then you are finished. And so he prayed for a couple of people in his church. And what did they do? They buried the people free of charge. To the extent where they, they are now, the doctors came to him and they said, well, the way this thing is happening and you are doing this, how is it that you are doing this and people are wearing gloves and everything and you are not doing it? He said, well, you know what? I'm operating by a different law. 
the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from this particular law that is killing the people. You know what? If you want me to prove to you how that law is, then take one of the froth from somebody who just died and uh, divide it into half, put that half under the microscope, and then the other half, put it in my hand for about five minutes. After that, scrape it and put it under the microscope and observe the two. They took the thing, divided it. When they put it under the microscope, they can see the gems. They were moving, very active, very light. The one that they put upon his body, after five minutes, when they scrape it, they, they put it under the microscope. They saw that they were moving, but they were weak. And then weak, weak, weak. Thought. You have all died. You see, the greater one can always subdue the lesser. So he proved a point that even if it becomes necessary that one has to operate in that environment, it shouldn't make us victims. And, and, and I came here with this message today so that you will get it ready for any eventuality. Hello? Don't get disturbed with all those things that are circulating on social media. People are trying to scare people. And, and you know that you, you need to become a, a guerrilla right now. You need to become an activist. You need to become a ninja right now. You need to go out to confront somebody, fight somebody, whatever, whatever. These are the things that people are trying to make us believe. Do you know that that is only a natural way of doing things? But there's a higher way. There's a superior way. Because you see, when you follow that superior way, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And the very people who think that this thing is supposed to affect you, you just confound them. You make them crazy. Because they cannot understand. The man that is the spiritual man is the man who came from heaven. Now let me talk to you that there is a man who came from heaven who came into your life the day you got born away. That man is called the spiritual man. And he that is from above is what? Above all. You are not born from below. You are not born of the will of men. You were born of the will of God. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you that, Lord, your word shall have the requisite impact in the lives of our people. I pray that understanding and clarity and the ability to stand upon your word shall be the portion of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, having said all that, having given you the promises of God, I just want you to observe a couple of things and I'm done. Number one, understand that Abraham's faith grew stronger as he looked to the promises of God. Abraham's faith looked, uh, became stronger as he looked to the promises of God. Sarah's faith grew stronger as she looked to the promises of God. If you cause your faith, or if you decide to look to your symptoms and forget about the promises of God, your faith will become weaker and you will be defeated. Number two, when you are seeking healing for your body, you should never, never, never compromise with the devil because the devil is the author of sickness. Never compromise. Meaning that when God has said, hey, be like that man, they call them what? Uh, is it stomach direction? 
You know, there are some people that place the direction your stomach is facing. That is the direction you kick the ball. And, and, and then uh, there are some people they call them, is it one track or single track? So once he hears one thing and that is what I'm sleeping, he doesn't hear one plug. Yeah. One track, one plug. Uh, 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 Mono, not sterile. <laughs> once you get it like that, let it be. So anytime you hear the word of God and you are satisfied that you have understood the word of God, don't you allow any argument at all that will come against the word of God. If God says what, thou shalt not eat of the fruit of this tree, for in the day you eat, you will surely die. Don't you allow anybody to come to tell you that, no, you will not surely die. Don't you allow it. Because that is not what God said. Number three, until you squarely face and settle the question of obedience to God, you are not yet on believing ground. You may be on some ground, but it is sinking sand. You may be on some ground, but it is sifting sand. You may be upon some ground, but it is quicksand. You know what they call quicksand? When you stand upon it, it's not supporting your weight. It will drown you. That's called quicksand. Until you settle the question of your own obedience to the word of God, God doesn't see you as somebody who is believing. You are not yet on the ground of faith. The issue is, are you going to obey the word of God? You will need it for your survival in the times we are in. You would seriously need the word of God for your own personal survival. You would need it for the survival of your friends. You would need it for the survival of your own families. See, people who believe always have an action to prove. So don't joke with the word. I guess I think I'll have to stop here. Okay, give me just two more minutes. I'll stop. Let's see if we can continue. It's only when our hearts don't condemn us that we have confidence towards God. It is only when our hearts do not condemn us that we have confidence towards God. Listen, my friend, your confidence will determine what you can receive because faith is a confidence. But when your heart is condemning you, you need to settle the issue of your heart condemnation first because once you settle the issue of your heart condemnation, you remove the thing which is taking away your confidence. And you can stand strong and you can believe God and you can have results. This God we are serving is not a story. It's not a figment of people's imagination. It's not fables. God is a reality. But it's only a reality to people who stand in faith. Point number five. Let my people go that they may serve me implies that you are to serve God with your body when you are healed. Let my people go that they may serve me actually means that when God heals you and you want to use your health and your your strength to serve the devil, you are not doing the right thing. If you are moving in that way, God will not heal you. Let me try to explain when somebody is already serving the devil, eh, God can heal them just like that. You know why? Because healing is God's way of advertising to them what he will do. 
And most of the time, when God heals people who are not serving him, unbelievers, when he heals them like that, most of the time, they break down. And they are like, what? This guy is not my friend. I'm not serving him. I'm not doing him anything good. I'm only cursing him all the time. And this is what he did to me. No, he's more righteous than I am. Now, this is the time for me to submit to him because he's too good. They serve God as a result. But when you are a child of God and you are already serving God, or you are, you are supposed to be serving God, understand that as a child of God, healing is your bona fide property. It's your portion. However, God will not be healing you so that you will use your body to serve the devil. Are you listening to me? We are not saved so that the devil will always get the chance to be mocking God. So that the devil will always, you know, cause God to lose face. How many of you know that the devil cares about what we do? He doesn't care about what the unbelievers do. Because as for those ones, it's only a matter of time. They will end up in hell. But as for you and I, he knows we have escaped. Because if you are in Christ, you have already escaped. And the devil knows that you have escaped. And if he doesn't get a way to get God to turn you loose, he will never have you. So this guy is always looking for occasion to go and accuse you before God. Criticize you before God. Say everything that they think that by so doing, they can stir up God to say, okay, 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 devil, now do what you want to do. And so I want you to understand that, my dear friends, a sick body cannot serve God the same way a healthy body can serve God. If let my people go so that they will serve me actually is a reality, then the healing must also be a reality. And you and I know that when they were let go, God made sure all their sicknesses, oh yeah, they disappeared. There was no one feeble person among them. They left Egypt completely strong and completely healthy. You know why? Because it is only when you are completely strong and completely healthy that you can serve God the way you are supposed to serve God. Because of lack of time, I will stop here. God willing, uh, next week we shall continue. Would you please just, just be on your feet? I'm just trying to mark where I was so that next week I can take over from there. I don't know whatever situation you are in, but I can tell you that if there is a struggle with doing what is right, it's your portion. Jesus has paid the price already for you to be able to do what is right. When you believe his word and you are willing to talk to him tonight, you'll be free. Number two, if there is some uninvited guest in terms of sickness affecting any part of your body or even your brains for that matter or your emotions, even if it's a spirit of depression trying to disturb you, he doesn't have a legal right to be there. The deliverance from this kind of spirit is part of your portion as a child of God. If you look to God, he will deliver you. Number three, 2,000 years ago, Jesus took upon himself the garment of a poor person 
To the extent that he allowed himself to be born in a manger. None of you were ever born in a manger. You were not born with the goats and the sheep. Ma, 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 bleating. And you were born there, right in the midst of there. Because there was no place for you. But Jesus, God allowed Jesus to be born. So 2,000 years ago, God did this. Now, if you are poor right now, and you don't like the situation where you are, God has been waiting upon you for 2,000 years to believe his word, so that he will take you out of it. When are you going to believe God? When? If somebody is standing by you, probably they are family members, so you can ask them, so when are you going to believe God? Tell the person, God is waiting for you to believe. God has been waiting for 2,000 years. When are you going to believe? Oh my goodness. I want us to lift up our voices and pray. Something must shift. Something must shift. We are called believers because we are supposed to believe. Something must shift. Some battles we are fighting, we don't need to fight them. Some kind of situations we find ourselves in, they have already been dealt with by Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.